Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. Luke chapter 16, verse 29. And this is Offscript, a podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. And we are talking about week two of stewardship, serving others. Uh, we kind of talked about judgment, so let's just go ahead and talk about that. <laughs> We're talking about hell. Hell. Yeah. Jesus bringing the heat. That was mm. unintentional. That was intentional. That was a good one. 945 It literally made me chuckle. <laughs> and your face when you looked at me after you read the scripture, you're like, eee. I was like, I feel that. <laughs> this uh, is not exactly, listen, fire and brimstone is not exactly in my wheelhouse. So, no. Uh, I don't feel like it was in Jesus' wheelhouse either, but he certainly had some hot sports opinions in, in this particular scripture. So it's Luke 16, verses 19 through 31. If you've never read that passage, it's worth a look. It's a good bedtime one for your children. <laughs> yeah. So, the rich man and Lazarus. Not the same Lazarus that was raised by the dead, or raised from the dead by Jesus in, in oh, Luke's gospel. Look, that's confusing. It's not confusing. It that's is like if saying you don't know there's more thing. than one bill. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it until we were sitting there. I was like, well, who's that guy? Wait a to second, Lazarus. Lazarus, I thought you, you probably, raised him from the dead. You already oh, had your is, moment. Here he is in heaven with Abraham. <laughs> different guy, different, <laughs> different Lazarus, author, decades apart. Yeah. Totally different. Maybe Lazarus was like Mary, just everyone named Lazarus. Yeah. Everyone named Mary. Is there, because he was also, he's the brother of Martha and Mary, right? Uh-huh. So that sets up that. Mm. I mean, it's a great section of John's Gospel. Mm. Well, we're not reading from John's Gospel. We're not. <laughs> even though it would be fine to read from John's Gospel every week, because ultimately that is the best Gospel. But Luke is a pretty close second. Yeah, so we are talking about serving. Yes. Um, and you kind of opened up sharing about how different churches you've served and how serving is part of just our Methodist DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my question is, how did you first get your kids involved in serving? Like, do you remember, like, the first thing you kind of did as a family at a church? Uh, yeah. Well, let's see. So kids, plural. So Sam yeah. was born when we were when we moved to Henrietta. And Whitney ran, for a while, the Clay County Outreach Mission, which is the food bank in Clay County, which is located in Henrietta. I mean, the food bank was located in Henrietta. And so, I mean, the kids were constantly up there doing stuff for the food bank and when we had the baby Bjorns you know so yeah Sam was Whitney was wearing Sam which was hilarious not a lot of baby Bjorns in Henrietta <laughs> okay so I mean they kind of grew up doing that and then she was on the child welfare board in Grayson County and she ran the Christmas drive the toy drive so they, they've been involved in that you know since they were little and then anytime the church has a service project we're up I mean you know their church kids are up here all the time yeah so why is it important to serve as a family or to teach your kids to do so? Well, you know, I think it's like anything else. Like, I'm a firm believer that kids learn their faith from their parents, no matter how great the church is. And so they'll grow up valuing what you value, and they'll grow up with the habits that you've instilled in them. So going to worship, going to Sunday school, serving others, giving, I mean, all, all that. So I think it's just an important part of who we are. And what I love about Christ United Methodist Church is that we do a, a nice job of providing opportunities for kids to serve. Not only in their individual, like, so with their families, so family projects for sure, but then also children's ministries and youth ministries 
both provide opportunities for, you know, within their small groups doing service projects. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned coming to Christ that uh, we were known as being a, a church that serves, like that's our yeah. that's our thing. Each Methodist church, no matter what, has some sort of serving, like that's a big focus, mm-hmm. which you talked about that in your sermon. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what sure. we're known about. It's part of who we are. Yeah, if you study, I'm learning more and more about John Wesley, about all the things he did, like whether it was being passionate about healthcare, like all the mm-hmm. little things. I'm like, oh man, this this is not a new thing. Right. This is yep. This is exactly. I mean, this is who we are as Methodists. So, what do you think makes us unique here at Christ United? Is there anything specific that we do in our the way that we serve or any programs we have that are maybe unique? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, so House on the Corner is one we haven't done that in a while, um, but we there was a time there from in the for 14 years in the early 2000s where we were building a house every year uh, on the in the parking lot. And then moving it over to the Douglas community, that was pretty impactful. Uh, uh, Hurricane or Hotel Katrina was a we were shelter for folks who were uh, displaced by Hurricane Katrina. Project Hope is one of our signature ministries. That's I mentioned that yesterday. Um, that's this kind of intentional, multifaceted program to help people overcome poverty. We're in schools. We assist streetside showers. We're one of the sponsors of. Plano Overnight Warming Station. I mean, the list is long. Yeah. Bolt is a really unique, uh, it's eyeglass ministry. Um, we have thousands of pairs of glasses around here that we take to Oklahoma sometimes. Overseas, we've taken it several times. And our next time, we're going to commission that team this weekend because they're going to Honduras in two yeah. weeks. So there's just a lot that we do here at Christ United. And I think it's very reflective of that United Methodist DNA. Yeah. What I really appreciate is that a lot of our stuff is ongoing long-term which I think sometimes churches, we're all guilty of it. We can become very scattered, but we like really invest in areas or programs and keep that relationship going because we really want to empower and give resources and stuff, whether it's a country or groups of people or whatever, have the tools to even go on even without us. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're, we're really good about yep, that. I agree. So talk about the MLK quote you used in the full context and how it <laughs> connects to our scripture reading. Yeah, so... There's the famous one, the kind of one-liner that I think everybody knows is, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? But the broader context of that was um, set in, like he actually talks about Judgment Day and the Book of Life, and you don't really associate that with MLK, which is kind of funny because he's a Baptist preacher, and so the stereotype of a Baptist preacher is that, you know, hellfire and brimstone's in the wheelhouse. That's not, it's a stereotype. And the reason that I thought that was relevant is because of the scripture passage. I mean, Jesus does talk about hell and heaven and somebody who gets there and somebody who doesn't get there. And um, so it just connected really well. The metaphor that he used is that everything that we do or say is an entry in the book of life. And so the the question is, what do you want your entries to be? And I just thought that was powerful. And again, it's not where I normally go with preaching, but I thought it it fit for this weekend. Yeah. I don't know why, but after you said that quote, it made me is it Paul Abdul who has a song, What Have You Done For Me Lately? What have you, you done, done for me lately? Isn't it? Or is it right. Janet? Is it Janet Jackson? Oh, it's Janet. It's Janet. That's right. Yeah. So that song has been in my head since yesterday. Huh, that's excellent. Yeah. You should have named your sermon that. Janet? Janet. Or what? <laughs> Just Janet. Just to confuse people. And never. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, Ashley's I, distracted. Like, we got is. comedy going on over here, and you're just not even. Yeah, we are. We're getting nothing out of you. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I muted my mic because I was coughing, and then 
And then you just got distracted in yeah. the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. That's work. Okay. That's work. Um, I mean, eat, Instagram is part of your eat, work. Bleep. Eat, bleed. Okay, maybe. Eat, breathe, sleep. Eat Instagram? We have an Instagram page. Oh, don't yeah. We whatever page. Do you yeah. have a page? Do you account? Oh, yeah. What do you... We, uh, we have... A fairly large one now, thanks to Lauren Miller. Shout, Shout out to Lauren. I don't know what we're talking about. Oh, Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Yeah. Sorry, Miss Jackson. But she confused she confused Janet with Paula Abdul. I, I know none of those people, so I apologize. <laughs> oh my gosh, can we talk about not knowing people? This morning and Monday morning women's Bible study, we were talking about. Um, anytime we had heard like a maybe. Um, a famous speaker or someone, and uh-huh. they kept naming all these people. I was like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> They're like, look it up. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pull up the encyclopedia. Let's change topics. So the scripture. So who is going to hell? <laughs> Just I want to know if I'm on there. No. If you're wondering, this is not a good sign. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, okay, here's the story. Ba- yeah. The basic story is there's a, a man who's rich outside his compound, his home, at his gate or whatever. Uh, there's this poor man named Lazarus. And Lazarus, you ever, like, there's this uh, phrase, crumbs from your table. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he is hoping to get some crumbs from this guy's table. And Luke adds the delightful, Ooh. I hated reading it all I three know, times. I know, all three times. I heard people are like, oh. I know, but it's right there. I mean, I, you can't censor Jesus. No. So it says, even the dogs would come and lick his sores. And so you get the image that the rich man basically steps over Lazarus and just mm-hmm. totally ignores him. And so when they die, the, well, basically Jesus says, then they both die. And Lazarus goes to be with Abraham in heaven, and the rich guy goes to hell. Rich guy's not named, by the way. And so um, even after they die, Lazarus doesn't think much about, I mean, the rich man doesn't think much about Lazarus because he says, hey, Abraham, send the poor guy down here to give me some water. Like, he didn't even ask Lazarus directly. And it's just reflective of yeah. of his view of this person. And I thought it was really important to point out that money is not the problem. The problem is not that the rich man is rich. The problem is the rich man doesn't care about the poor man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think John Wesley had a great line in a sermon on this story. He said, it's no more sinful to be rich than to be poor, but it is dangerous beyond expression. Ooh. That wasn't in your sermon, was it? Yeah, I said that. You really? Yeah. I, I just quoted it. It was literally. Oh, I, I, my gosh. My memory. What part of this? Oh. It is no more sinful to be rich than to be poor, but it is, he wrote, dangerous beyond expression. Because <laughs> the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I heard mm-hmm. that. It was right before that. I think that's really, I think he's right. So John Wesley was, let's just say most of his stewardship writings and sermons would not preach today. His thing was you should make all the money, a very Protestant work ethic, you should make all the money you can and you should save all the money you can. And by save all the money you can, he didn't mean max out your 401k and put as much money away for retirement as possible. He meant don't spend it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he had like two cloaks and he drank coffee without any cream in it. You know what I mean? It was really cheap. And then... You should give all you can. Mm-hmm. So many of his teachings around money, there have been studies on this, really did effectively pull an, an entire generation of Methodists because he preached to the poor yeah. out of poverty, but it didn't necessarily make them super generous, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So because this is the way we work as human beings. We have the scarcity model where we are very much um, focused on our own wants and needs and we're real hesitant to not, I mean, I'm speaking broadly here. Yeah. There are exceptions, of course. 
but uh, we're hesitant to give too much of it away. You can just feel people's reaction when you talk about tithing or moving toward the tithe. We're wired to, I think, be fearful of not having enough. And so Wesley's point is, it's not a problem to have all the money in the world. The problem is that that's dangerous because it leads to all kinds of selfish tendencies. Mm -hmm. Not wanting to share, looking down on people who don't have as much as you do. That's what he's specifically talking about in this sermon. Yeah. I mean, in this text. Yeah, I think there's, when you get into, I'm going to talk about habits. When you get in the habit of, let's say, um, I'm going to talk about pledging. Like Mm -hmm. you pledge and then you don't the next year and then you don't the next year. Like you just get in the habit, there's a disconnect. And I think that's sometimes when you're, if you have a lot of money, what you do with it or how you serve it, how you use your time, that's why you need to keep yourself connected to that mindset of giving and serving. Because, man, it becomes very comfortable, just like we've seen with COVID. People that got really comfortable with not being part of church, all of a sudden, it's mm-hmm. two years later, right. and they're like, well, this is my new habit. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why when it comes to serving or, or giving, like, make it a habit mm-hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't get too far away from you. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like any other human behavior in yeah. some regards even though this one's much more theologically grounded than many of our habits. Yeah. Okay, what would your entry in your book of life be? Like if there was just James Christopher Dowd, <laughs> and then you just had like a thing right next to it, what would it say? Like a one-liner? Yeah, like a one-liner. <laughs> we're, we're big on one-liners right now at our yeah. church. <laughs> That's true. But the one-liners are marketing. So I'm marketing myself to yeah, God. You're mark- no, yeah, let's see. <laughs> I don't think you have to do that. Okay, I think this is the whole point of grace. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I think we have to market ourselves. We want to be like ridiculously good looking, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then hilarious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, Scott the other day was like, I think your tombstone is going to say, have you looked? Because I feel like my kids are always like, have you seen this? Or he's And he's like, that's going to say in your tombstone. Have you looked? <laughs> it's an important skill teaching your it kids is. to look. Anyway. I mean, I think everything, hopefully it would say something about preaching the gospel. Hopefully it would say something about nurturing people in their faith and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't feel like I, I'm not comfortable <laughs> bragging on myself. This was like a perfect Enneagram moment. Know, Just like. <laughs> and what am I? You know, a one. <laughs> Please describe yourself. Okay. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No, thank you. And was Reagan? <laughs> Mine's like, like me. Yeah, like me, please. like me. Is that three? Aren't Two. I funny? Two. Aren't I cute? <laughs> I'm charming, right? Right. Yeah. It's fine. We get to make fun of each other because yeah, we're we the do. same number. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, serving. Does it have to be some big elaborate event in order to be serving? Like, what are some ways, small ways that we serve? Every day. Uh, well, so, are you a Bob Dylan fan? Do you, do you know who Bob Dylan is? I do <laughs> know who Bob, oh my gosh, I do know who Bob Dylan is. Thank you. He, he has a song called, You Gotta Serve Somebody. So, I did want to make the point, yeah, I did try to make the point in the sermon yesterday that it's not just about serving others' ministries, right? I mean, there's care ministries, there's, like anyone who volunteers with youth, that is service, or children, or anything else. So, uh, no, of course, it doesn't have to, in fact, I've, I would say in our day-to-day lives, it's probably more spiritually effective if it's a lot of little things yeah. as opposed to a big production. Big productions are awesome, but yeah. did you pack any Send Hope package yesterday? I did not. You did not? I did not. Is it because you were sick? I was sick, and then 
um, after church, I mean, I had a Jude and the baby, and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And mm-hmm. they've been sick. Mm-hmm. And I had to get them home, drop them off with my in-laws, and then come back for the yeah. finance meeting. So. Oh, the finance meeting. Yeah. So uh, speaking of that, serving on the finance committee. Mm-hmm. Service, there's a lot of ways to serve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I uh, saw this really – do you watch – or do you follow Elisa Myers on Instagram, I'm mm-hmm. sure? Do you not? No. So she's a, like a comedian – and she posted this really, she talks a lot about depression. And she mm-hmm. said that at one time there was this lady named Laura, when she was so depressed, like she would not ever shower. Mm-hmm. But once a week she would go in and Laura would wash her hair and just care for her. And she's like, I always tried to pay her and she never would. But she, she's like, she literally like saved my life. Mm-hmm. Like she would just wash my hair. And I'm like, man, what a just like a very simple act of serving and caring mm-hmm. for someone that like had a huge impact on this. Yeah. I don't know, it got me thinking about all the little things we do that have such mm-hmm. a long-lasting... Little kindnesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're sure. sure I put washing someone's hair as a little kindness. <laughs> Take me off that list. I don't want to be on that list. <laughs> <laughs> what about feet, Chris? <laughs> feet? Yeah, I'm out on feet, too. <laughs> all right. That's also John's gospel. Different, different gospel. We keep trying to hop back to John. <laughs> yeah, we do. John's good, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, I do want to talk about the landscape... You talked about Christ United has been here for 49 years. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Plano has changed greatly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we've done a lot of things. We've talked about the ways that we've set up programs when we did House on the Corner and all of that. What do you see as the unique opportunity in these next 50 years? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you feel like we're going to be serving our community going forward? Man, that's a gigantic question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No pressure. So I'm in leadership Plano, and last week... Thursday was the history, and it was like kind of the government day, but it also included the history of Plano. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that there was basically nothing west of Coit and nothing really planned for west of Coit, per se, until Rossboro bought 400 acres for EDS out on out west of the, what is now the toll road. Okay. And that was in the late 70s. So we bought this land for the current side of, of uh, Christ Plano in the early 90s, early to mid-90s. I think 96 is when we moved. I think that's right. And so, like, when Don got here, there were 72,000 people in Plano, and now there's well, 300,000 people in Plano. And so, the, like, the trajectory of the growth of Plano over the past 50 years of the church has been dramatic. And now we're kind of maxed out. Yeah. There's, like, 2,300 acres left for development in Plano which is not much at all for 70, a 72 square mile area. So, you know, a lot of what the future of Plano is going to be is a, a shifting demographic for sure. And the the needs, it's, it's a really great question about what's going to be the greatest need in the coming, say, generation or five to 10 years. Yeah. There is an increasing homeless mm-hmm. uh, population in Plano, a dramatic increase in homeless veterans, actually. Mm-hmm. And so because of laws in the state of Texas, much of that need has to be filled by nonprofits and charities as opposed to government intervention, which I think is interesting. I didn't really realize that. And so I could see us becoming more involved there. I mean, we are already with street side showers and sandwich blessings and uh, the Plano overnight warming station. But I think as we become more of a, I guess we're not going to be urban per se, but as all the growth goes north towards the Red River and we've maxed out our development, some of the demographics are going to shift, and I'm, thinking, I'm not talking about just like religious and ethnic, but also socioeconomic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, adapting our ministries to better suit 
the needs of, the, of our neighbors is important. But then there's also the neighbors program, right? Do you want to talk some about that? Yeah. So the neighbors program, we started Paige Christian, who was, used to be here. First of all, like the idea was to get just our Christ United members that live in the same neighborhood together. So they know one another and can care for one another. Specifically during COVID, right? Yeah. Doing, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now we're finding the groups that are going, they're like, we're actually having more luck with just connecting with our other neighbors, which has been really fascinating. And it's really just our way of getting into our community to our number one goal is not like, okay, we're gonna get we're gonna get them into the church which would be great, but just to say we are a presence, we are a church mm-hmm. that just simply wants to care and be there for you when you need us. How can we look out for one another? How can we make sure no one feels alone and isolated? And so I'm excited for the future of that ministry because I've overtaken it and, and looking at what I can do to make it better and get more people involved. I think that's kind of the future podcast that I've listened to. That's kind of a lot of the church's future is like going out to the people mm-hmm. and establishing things in the community, almost like small, like not entirely house churches, but just like, mm-hmm. hey, we're everywhere. We're mm-hmm. Almost like little tiny church plants of, mm-hmm. like, we're all over. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that in the, nice, in yeah. the future. That's good stuff. Anything else you want to talk about with that scripture about Judgment Day? <laughs> Hades? No, I mean, Jesus talks about, there, there are a couple places throughout the gospel where the subject comes up, and it's interesting to me that in a couple of the very notable ones, so this one from Luke, and then probably the more famous one, not probably, definitely the more famous one from Matthew 25, when he's talking about the sheep and the goats and uh-huh. all that. It's it's about, I mean, those who are in good stead with God are those who care for others. And I, I think uh, in Matthew 25, it's feed, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the prisoner. So clearly this emphasis on the second Greek commandment, loving our neighbors as ourselves, is something that was very important to Christ. And so sometimes he talks about it just as straight commandments and teaching. Sometimes he puts it in the context of judgment. Mm-hmm. But I think our takeaway from that, because we know we know that our salvation, our being in a right relationship with God is placing our faith in Christ. And then what we believe is that we're transformed as a result of that faith into acts of kindness and love. And so that should motivate us to care for others, to serve others. And you know, if somebody's looking for service opportunities, there's just so many ways to plug in. I mean, we've transitioned this fall to uh, one kind of one page landing spot, cumc.com slash connect, where you can find the current things that we're most focused on. But if you go to the website and go to the Serving Others page, or if you like the Serving Others page, Serving Others Facebook page, mm-hmm. you, can, you can see all the ways that we serve others throughout the year. And there may be something that, like, if this is a particularly busy time of year in your life and you want to look to do something in the winter, you can kind of explore that page and figure out um, all the different ways to serve. Yeah. The ending of the the passage, you know, when the rich man's like, please send people to my family, let mm-hmm. them know. So it's not too late for them. You know, I think about us, a lot of us are probably thinking like, oh, I should, I should sign up to serve or I should do something like you've got the resources. We would just love to have you. And so don't wait super long, <laughs> not because you're going to die, but like right. that mm-hmm. mindset of like, it's there. So yeah, investigate and however we can help you plug into something that fulfills your passions and exactly. gifts, we'd love to do that. Yeah, and I'd be willing to wager that no matter what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. we have some expression of that here. <laughs> yeah. And so we'd love to love to plug you in if you're interested. Okay, so this weekend we are wrapping up Stewardship Sermon Series. Mm-hmm. It's always stewardship season because right. <laughs> we always give. <laughs> yeah. uh, so at Celebration Sunday, we're going to have a full orchestra, which I'm very excited about. I love it when we pack the chancel like that. Um, there's a, a song that we sing every year, Shine On Us, that we 
come forward and give our financial commitment card, pledge cards. If you've already pledged online or if you're going to do that later, you can still come forward and put our card that says see online pledge mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's really good. It's a really important day that we're also going to be commissioning our Vision of Light team. It gives eyeglasses to people who don't have glasses yeah. and does eye exams. Yeah, it's for, it's headed to Honduras. An, that's an amazing team going to a very a very a place with a lot of need. Mm-hmm. So they're doing that uh, kind of in the name of obviously Jesus, but also Christ United Methodist Church. So we'll commission them also on Sunday. We have trunk or treat in the afternoon. Oh yeah, yep. which is going to be amazing. Christ United. So bring your kiddos if you don't have. Uh, children or grandchildren or nieces and nephews, friends, whatever of your own, and you want to host a trunk, it's mm-hmm. not too late for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. CMC.com slash. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can go to connect or you can go to CMC.com slash Halloween. 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 And that's directly after worship. Yes. Exactly. No need to go anywhere. Exactly. Stay here. Kids can wear their costumes to church. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's going to be a big Sunday. My gigantic 15-year-old, mm-hmm. soon to be 16-year-old, is doing a trunk retreat at high school for band, the oh, band cool. hosts it, and all of the mellophone section is going as Beanie Babies. Oh so gosh. he's got a giant shark onesie. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. <laughs> it, it is it is quite awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That's, I don't know that he'll wear it on That's brilliant Beanie Babies. Do kids Beanie even babies. know what that is anymore? Apparently, because <laughs> it was their idea. And they, so the, they've all got these animal onesies, and then one of them is making like a tag for the top. Uh-huh. <laughs> That says, worth nothing. Why did I save right. these? <laughs> Why did I buy six of the Princess Diana version? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sounds like a personal story. Uh, that's a joke for those 90s kids out there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, anyway, that's all. That's what's coming up this weekend. It's going to be a great week of worship and community again. So, hopefully we'll see you around campus. If not, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Off Script. God bless. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Off Script. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd and Reverend Reagan Gilland. Produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.